Hello, this is Aaron Saft on the MR Running Pains podcast. With 30 years of running experience and 20 years of coaching, I thought it time to share with you things I've learned and people I've met so that you can try things for yourself and see if they help your running. Thanks for joining me. Wrote this song while crew and Aaron on a 100-mile foot race through the trails in the rain and mud. How about that? another episode of the MR Running Pains podcast. Today I've got a uh, a pretty long-time athlete. Uh, We started working together um, almost two years ago now. His name is Sumanth Ramakrishna. Sumanth is uh, uh, just a dedicated person to to learning and uh, improving, uh, which you're going to hear all about, obviously. Um, And Sumanth just completed his first 50K. Um, which it was, um, just a, just a great culmination of his training. Um, really glad I get to kind of share his journey here and also the lessons he's learned along the way for those thinking of, of maybe trying a, a longer distance even, um, Sumanth has some, some great things that he learned and, uh, and wants to share. So, uh, without further ado, here's his story. Enjoy. <music> 
right. So I have with me today, um, Sumanth Ramakrishna. How are you today, Sumanth? I'm good, Aaron. Thank you. How are you? Uh, awesome. Um, Sumanth and I are recording on February 8th, um, and Sumanth has just finished. You want to tell them? Yes. Millstone 50K. <laughs> <laughs> my, first, my first 50K and my first ultra. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Uh, and that was just this past Saturday. So that would have been February 6th, which is tremendous. It's so cool. Um, where is Millstone 50K? Where is that? Uh, it's in Fort Mill, South Carolina, about 20, 25 minute drive from Charlotte here. Awesome. Very cool. We're going to talk uh, you know, more about the race, obviously, but let's, uh, let's let everybody know a little bit about yourself. So why don't you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Sumant Ramakrishna. I'm uh, basically from Bangalore, India. Um, so, you know, I work in construction and started running as, yeah, uh, run, running, the way running started was really funny for me because, you know, I, we started waking up early Saturday mornings to go get some coffee. And from there it started off, you know, as let's do, let's, let's get some activities. And uh, after coffee, maybe play tennis or, go out and hike or something and eventually started seeing a couple of my buddies starting to run and I was like okay I need to give this a shot and uh, uh, but it was tough and uh, um, you know as I started seeing some developments um, like how they were getting better fit and more faster and everything that kind of uh, impressed me and I wanted to do it too and you know started off really slow um, and, um, you know, as days went by, it started getting busy with work and, uh, uh, once so this, I, this is post-college, this is post-college at, post, at the post Clemson in 2015. Okay. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, as I settled down here in Charlotte, uh, I was, uh, in that NC mountain trail, uh, mountain trail runners, Facebook group, and I saw somebody uh, I saw a post from somebody look, looking for a coach and somebody referred Aaron. <laughs> That's how I stumbled to Aaron. And I was like, okay, let me do this. And uh, it's been a good journey so far and I'm not going to stop anytime soon. <laughs> That's tremendous. That's a um, So tell us about a little bit more about the journey. Um, you know, obviously you've just finished your first ultra, but what got you there? Uh, what were some of the milestones along the way? How did you progress to that? Did you go from, you know, 2015 to, uh, uh, you know, doing five K's or, you know, you know, how did you progress in that regard? Well, um, that's that's a good question uh, because I have not done too many races. I probably have about six or eight medals out of which uh, two or three are uh, marathons and a couple are half marathons and two 5Ks. And uh, it started off uh, as, uh, you know, something to do after work and try to start getting fit. And as I settled down in Charlotte, like I said, wanted to take this a little more serious, had some more extra time to spend on it. And uh, that's how uh, you and I started off really slow at four miles every day, every other day, uh, three days a week and getting about 12 or 15 miles a, a week and building up our base and uh, started off with some minor strength exercises. And I started to get, get stronger and uh, I was like, okay, uh, 
probably, you know, it's a long way to go. I probably need to take this route. And uh, um, that's how I started off as my first half marathon that you and I planned on, the Sphinx Run Fest, uh, <laughs> which which came off really nice because the, my very first marathon before that was a six hours and four, four minutes or something like that. And uh, my Sphinx was four hours and 36 minutes. That's <laughs> That's that's a two hour uh, pickup in a year, <laughs> and that was uh, that was two thousand. Is that two thousand nineteen? Nineteen. Yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. so that that's where it all started, and it's just keep gonna. It's just 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 getting better from there. <laughs> so, yeah. Did you always have um, the idea of doing a fifty k in the back of your mind? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no it, it, it all kind of came up with, you know, as I was getting fitter and stronger and I was like, okay, I need to take something, uh, I need to try out something new. And um, uh, a friend of mine in my building introduced me to this Millstone 50K and he told me that's, uh, that's a 10.5 mile lap uh, loop and you got to do three laps. I was like, Okay, one, I won't get lost, and two, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I get sick or if I, uh, you know, get something happens, there's not somebody not too far, you know, there's nothing's going to go wrong on this. I should probably go, to go take it. And that's how I signed up for the 50K. And uh, if you remember, you and I were talked about just improving my endurance after my marathon. Uh, uh, and I was like, okay, I've been working on my endurance since March. Uh, I should probably take it. Uh, and uh, so it's probably 11 months from, from the time you and I decided we'll just work on endurance. Uh, so that was basically my main motivation to take up this 50K. And uh, it worked out well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk all about that as well. Um, to kind of round out the, um, the uh, conversation on the the race itself um what was the elevation gain per lap um i'm not sure about per lap uh, if i looked at my strava and my watch I, it kind of uh get, was giving me about 2200 feet overall elevation gain three loops. Okay. Okay. but there was a lot of rolling hills which yeah. i had not thought about <laughs> <laughs> and uh you also had mentioned about the terrain um, you know, obviously the conditions made the trail a little bit messy, correct? Yes. Yes. The, uh, the, the trail was wet, muddy, mushy, and there was 120 people stomping on it. Uh, uh, so, and then, uh, that made it a little more difficult than I, than what I planned. And, um, all things considered, well, I had some trail shoes with me, so, uh, it kind of helped in my second lap. Yeah, right. It's because you you started in road shoes. Um, okay, yeah. So um, we'll uh, we'll touch on that when we get going on the the actual race itself. Um, and um, so you know, your friend uh, or your uh, your neighbor kind of mentions this race. Um, you know, and and you start looking. Um, was was there any other ones that you had thought of, or you were like, no, I think I think this is the one. This Any other tricky case? Yeah. Well, this started off as this is, you know, the felt it was close to home. And uh, 
um, and it's a nice la loop and three laps and I felt I should probably give this a shot and from this if it goes well and maybe find something else close by or somewhere far better ones uh, so that's how it started great um, did you get over there prior to the race to see it uh, you mean a previous day or something oh no like you know at all had you ever been over to that park to see what no, the, no, yeah. that is uh, one of the lessons learned. Um, I I did not I had I did not go see the trail, and I knew that was a greenway. And uh, being in Charlotte, looking at all these greenways close to downtown, I figured it was not. I mean, I made some assumptions, which was pretty much not right. I should probably shouldn't have done that, but uh, I felt it wouldn't be that bad, and. Uh, uh, Frankly, I never checked out the trail. So my um, some another lesson learned was, you know, if that's the case, I should have taken my first lap as a, uh, you know, uh, to check out the trail before I picked up on the second and third. So I really went fast on the first one, which kind of uh, changed some things by, uh, later on. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's a lesson learned. So I made some notes uh, about uh, all my race experiences so yes yeah i, I have uh i have your notes as well yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah it, it was um um let's see we were we had a like a phone call we set up a phone call last week to kind of talk about things um and as i said kind of um you know obviously you and i use training peaks but um, for those that don't know, there's a, a platform called Training Peaks, similar to Strava, but it's just between the athlete and the coach. And we were communicating through there. Um, and then you had, uh, you know, a few questions that you wanted to go over. So um, it's funny how, you know, someone can tell you um, something, <laughs> but the actual execution of it is, uh, it's, it can be difficult, you know, because, um, you know, you said, how, how should I pace this? Um, and that was, you know, uh, it was a great question. You know, it's something that we had talked about over time and uh, I was trying to, I guess, reemphasize that this one should just be completion. So, you know, to go out slow and then, you know, like <laughs> if you felt like you were going out slow, slow down even more. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, it's, and it's, it's, it's hard. We all do it. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm guilty of it. Everybody else is probably guilty of it too. Uh, you get into that first lap and, and what did you do? So as soon as I started, I had my buddy with me who was running uh, the 50K. So my chain of thought was to uh, be with him throughout the lap and try to be, you know, we all, we both were pretty much training uh, every day and we felt like we were in sync as far as training goes. So I figured I'd just keep in track with him and uh, um uh, keeping track with him and kind of not lose him. So he was, he was around like 10 ish, 10 and a half ish. So I was like, okay, that's not too bad. Uh, that's what I initially had thought about too, you know, have a 10 minute mile and then kind of ease out to 11, 1130 or something like that. Uh, so the entire lap went really well. Uh, yeah. I finished, uh, uh, the 10.5, 11 mile loop in one hour and 45 minutes. Um, but that's when I realized, you know, I had to change my shoes and kind of uh, take the second lap slow. Otherwise, I knew I wouldn't finish. Um, so second lap was pretty much like a recovery lap and uh, uh, made sure I made some changes with the food intake and everything. So it turned out really well on my third one. So <laughs> overall, uh, my goal to finish, finish strong was really 
uh, well executed, I, I can say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so, I mean, we we have a um, we have our own private Facebook group, and Sumant posted his video of of, of himself finishing, which uh, he, he looked really strong coming in, which was awesome to see. Um, you always want to see somebody, you know, coming charging down and, and finishing. So that was that was great to see. Um, and so um, you go through the first lap. Uh, and a few things, like you said, had to change. Uh, you realized that your footwear uh, was not the right choice. Um, so you switched into some trail shoes that obviously had some more traction. Yes. Um, so uh, first, you know, as soon as I started, there was a water crossing. Um, I was prepared for the water crossing. Uh, and as I went, you know, entered the trail, um, started getting wet, wet and mushy. And, you know, since I had my road shoes on, um, I, I, I was mentally prepared to change my shoes on the second lap, but um, I, sh- I had no, you know, uh, I, I did not think the uh, trail would be that wet and that slippery. So uh, that, you know, I had to slip and fall a couple of times. And um, um, and the other thing was the sense of uh, since the terrain was with rolling hills, um, it kind of um, it kind of started hurting my ankles um, because, you know, I have most of my training. I'd, like I said, I've gotten a little cozy training on the treadmill. <laughs> uh, uh, so I had very less experience on the trail. Uh, that kind of started showing up as I was going up and down on those rolling hills. Um, ankles started flaring up a little bit. Um, uh, so I started picking all those mental notes as I finished the first loop and uh, uh I'm I'm really surprised how organized you can get if it's almost like your survival instincts start kicking in and uh, start you know, start taking mental notes and taking action on the second one to make sure you complete it. So uh, uh, that that is one, and the second one was food. Uh, all I had was gels, uh, and uh, I had some uh, coconut water in my cooler as I finished my lap. Um, I was going to pick that up and just leave it there and some. Uh, have someone live there and continue with water and gels and uh, salt tabs. Um, but I realized I probably need some real food. Uh, so I started kind of checking out the aid stations and uh, see what there is. And uh, there were some PBJs and some uh, cookies and that kind of stuff, um, small cookies. Um, so the second lab, I started trying them out and kind of uh, that was also very helpful and um, overall helped me to finish successfully. That's awesome. Yeah, we, that was the other part of what we had discussed because, you know, we were discussing the nutrition plan, which, you know, you practiced your gels in your long runs. But, uh, you know, as I had mentioned, I said, you're probably going to have to switch over at some point to some other foods at the aid station um, just because <laughs> the body gets tired of consuming the same thing and, yeah. uh, you know, needs a break from that consistency, um, which, you know, obviously you, you, like you said, the body, uh, the body adapted and you started making a plan to, to do something different. I'm glad you found stuff. It, your stomach was never an issue. No, the PBJs and the cookies, uh, there were some, uh, small pieces of sand, small, small sandwiches basically. Um, and, uh, it was really surprising how uh, effective they were as I changed uh, into some real food and uh, started getting some uh, uh, liquid along with it. Uh, energy uh, started, you know, I started getting my some energy back, and uh, you know, it, you could you could probably see in my uh, training peaks. Um, 
I really that really helped me a lot as I switched uh, to some real food. Yeah, I saw uh, the pace pick back up, <laughs> um, even in the second lap. Uh, you know, you slow down a little bit at the beginning of that second lap, but your pace picked back up. You know, even in the second lap itself, even though you felt like that was a recovery lap. Yeah. Uh, and the third lap was strong. Um, so that's that's fantastic. Um, did you carry anything with you um, from there, or did you just stop at the aid station and refuel, or did you kind of eat on the go? How did you handle that? My first lap was pretty much with a handheld water bottle um, with uh, water and gels in it, and um, I figured I'll pick something up on the aid stations, but uh, I uh, wanted to finish strong, uh, start strong, and uh, didn't stop much at the aid station since I had water. When I was running out of water, I knew there was an aid station at mile four, mile six, so I made sure I had uh, uh, enough water until I reached my aid station, but I did not consume any food or take anything with me like a backpack or a hydration pack with me on my first lap um uh but uh on my second lap uh, i picked up my west uh, at, uh, at the end of my lap uh, and i had the coolers uh had the gels and uh, uh some uh, peanut butter uh, peanut butter cookies and uh, that kind of stuff along with me uh but other than that um Everything else I picked up at the aid station. Right on. And then when you got to the aid station, did you stay there to consume or did you grab and go? It was more for grab and walk slash run uh, until I felt, you know, had to get, go, until I uh, put some food in my belly. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it was more like a minute kind of recovery pace, walk slash run, uh, and also at the same time, get some food in and then pick back up. Could you feel the ebb and flow of like when you started to get a calorie depletion and then when you consume something, the, you know, the uh, kind of the energy increase, could you notice that? Yes, that was, that was the interesting part. So as I got some food and, uh, got some liquid in, um, five or 10 minutes down the lane, uh, uh, my energy, uh, it was almost like you got a power boost or something like that. <laughs> so, you, go ahead. so, so that was interesting. As soon as I realized that I felt, you know, okay, I think I'm getting my energy back. I should probably just uh, keep a steady pace from now on and not stop anywhere. So that, that helped me. And I was, um, I was also looking for people in front of me to keep trying, you know, tell the kid, tell them and kind of, uh, have a, have somebody to follow and kind of uh, be with them uh, throughout the race. But uh, later on, it was more of me, myself, and uh, making sure I get through. Yeah. So could you recognize when uh, when energy was starting to deplete? Like, could you recognize when you needed some calories? Yes. Um, pretty much, um, uh, I, I, you know... You probably, uh, I could say I needed something at least uh, once every 35 to 40 minutes, uh, something to eat about 35 to 40 and making sure I had enough water with me. Uh, you always need more water than what you initially planned. Uh, right. So that, that's the reason I uh, picked up my West. So I had two, two of those handheld flasks in my West. Um, so um, 
like I said, it's about 35 to 45 minutes. Uh, every 35, 45 minutes, I need needed something to eat and uh, water and uh, one salt tablet every hour. Uh, that that was pretty much my nutrition plan. And what did uh, what did you notice? What, how what was that feeling when you uh, when you knew you needed more calories? Was it hunger or was it just energy depletion or both? It was energy depletion, I can say, and um, um, more of uh, fatigue started kicking in. Um, pretty much like like you know, whenever we feel some hot spots, that's when we know we need to get ready to take care of it. Uh, uh, started getting that feeling, and uh, even though I had water with me, that I knew that wasn't sufficient. I needed some food, and uh, if not, it's going to be difficult. Uh, so fatigue setting in was one of my main uh, signals of uh, trying, you know, you need to get something in, otherwise it's going to be tough. And on that third lap, did that interval increase? So in other words, did you find you have to uh, consume more calories more often? Uh, did it ever go under that 35 minutes? I think so. I think so. Now that I remember, uh, I had a I had another pack of uh, small cookies along with me. Um, uh, so I grabbed an extra pack and uh, had it in my pocket, um, uh, which was w- one more than what I had in my second lap. Uh, so um, I was kind of grabbing a cookie every now and then and then making sure I had uh, something in uh, uh uh, as far as calories go, and also uh, I had the gels as a su- substitute along with me. Um, and something else that helped me was music. I had some heavy music on me, and I just wanted to finish. So, so I had the food, I had the water, and I had the music to get me going. And and the most important thing was to get through that finish line, which I pretty much dreamt the uh, previous night to get going <laughs> to the finish line. Uh, I couldn't give that up. <laughs> yeah, great. That's great. Um, and so um, we obviously train off of perceived effort, right? And so I ask you to get to know your effort uh, so you know what pace you can sustain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by pace, just what effort you can sustain, not necessarily what time or, you know, pace per mile, um, which is, you know, another reason why when we did this, I said, don't worry about what your time is, what your pace is, just worry about how you're feeling and, and go off of feel. Um, when you realized that you needed to consume more than just the gels and, and get in, and you said you wanted to kind of sustain and, you know, keep moving, um, could you feel what was sustainable? Did you understand what your body could run in order to manage it, to get it to the finish line? Um, yeah, on my second and third lap, yes. Um, but on my first lap, um, now that I, uh, you know, go, go through my effort, um, I was about nine, uh, ten, nine-ish, and around nine, uh, upper nines and lower tens per mile. Um, I should have gone maybe le- 12, 11.30 or 12 in my first lap, um, and that would have been a good seven RPE, seven to uh, six, six, six and a half to seven RPE um, rate of perceived exertion, I can say, because I was looking at my heart rate and it was all over the place. And um, uh, about an hour down in, um, I was like, okay, I need to kind of settle down now. I'm not seeing anything like that. Um, So obviously I had overshot my first lap. Um, So, uh, as I realized, um, yeah, I probably need to slow down on my second and um, uh, 
as I started consuming food and water um, to make sure I I have the enough I have enough energy in me, um, I could I, I I could sustain about you know I felt I was probably good about six six and a half RP wise on my second and third lap. Right on. Okay. Um, and what was um, what was the temperature like on uh, on Saturday? It was very chilly in the morning. It was very chilly, and uh, uh, I don't know if you knew there was a snowstorm and just just a little uh, uh, um, towards South Carolina. Um, you know, Greenville, all all of Greenville was completely uh, had had a lot of snow in, and um, it, I think it was about upper 20s and lower 30s in the morning and it was stayed on that way until maybe 11 or almost till noon and noon that day wow i gotcha so uh how was um how were you dressed were you dressed appropriately were you cold or you know uh yeah i had a um one of those under armor thermal uh running running uh i don't know what they call it uh, running shirts and uh, full sleeves, and um, I didn't have any uh, compression pants on or something like that. But I knew I could probably go for it without it uh, because I had not trained with it for a long run, so I didn't want to uh, have them in and uh, uh, get a lot of heat packed in. And kind of, I didn't want to do anything new on the race day, basically. Um, so that's why I had uh, some uh, cold gear, uh, sh- full sleeve shirt and uh, shorts, and that's it. I, and I, I had a jacket on until I started the race, so I, did, I wanted to stay warm and uh, not lose out any energy. You and I yeah. talked about it some time ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No. The because uh, I mean, you know, the cold weather brings a bunch of different challenges, obviously. But you know, the body trying to stay warm if it's not warm enough, um, you know, they uh, um, uh, will burn more calories just to kind of stay warm. Um, so, you know, that's, that's another thing that we have to take into consideration. You, you talked about how having, uh, you know, you never have enough, uh, water, you need more than what you think it does. Um, especially, you know, if it gets hot, but you know, on the opposite side is, you know, when it's colder, um, and the body's having to, uh, thermal regulate, if you will, you're actually in the more calories. Um, so we have to be careful on that side of things as well, especially in these, in these colder months, uh, you know, here in, um, the Southeast, um, you know, well, especially here in the mountains, we've been seeing a lot of snow, um, which, you know, you've obviously faced, uh, tough conditions on the trail because it's just been wet. You know, we've had this kind of freeze thaw, um, with, if it's not snow, it's rain. So it's been really challenging on the trails. Um, on that third lap with 120 people running around, um, did the trail get even worse? It was, it was, um, it started getting really bad and, uh, thankfully my shoes were good enough and, uh, I didn't slip or fall on my boat on my second or third lap. Um, and I pretty much knew the trail, but mainly, you know, going through the first and second, uh, I kind of knew, uh, which were the bad spots. And so I was trying to make sure, um, I paced uh, appropriately and make sure pick up all uh, pick up my pace and all the good spots and kind of uh, make sure I just don't trip or fall or injure myself uh, in those uh, wet spots where you know you could probably be prone to falls and hurting yourself that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, um, 
a lot of times we start to uh, perform kind of a mental breakdown, if you will, of the course, uh, if we know it, like in the case you did. Um, on that third lap, did you say, okay, you know, I'm going to make it to to this point, you know, uh, you know, all I have to do is get to here. Uh, I can hit the aid station, kind of refuel. Uh, were you breaking it down in segments at all? Yes, it was since it was a lap and I knew the aid stations were at four or six. Um, yeah, I knew I had to I had to have a lot of energy by the time I reached mile six because uh, uh, next about five miles, you don't have any aid stations. And uh, that is the longest stretch. And uh, that is the home stretch to the finish line uh, at the end of the lap as well. Um, and um, so. So mentally, you know, I may, I, 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 you know, I knew I had to stock up and uh, as far as energy and uh, whatever I need, food or water, and uh, uh, kind of make uh, basically I made sure I started drinking drinking enough water and uh, started getting some light food uh, at the beginning of the lap. So by mile four, it was me, just me, stocking up and making sure if uh, I have I have the water or food I need uh, in case I need something on that last stretch. Um, so, but, but, but the last stretch was basically what I had in my mind to pick up my pace. And, uh, uh, because that was a good, good, good five miles that where I could pick up some miles pace and, uh, pick up some ground without any, uh, without, with less probability of injuring myself. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, speaking of, of injuries, you, you, you could describe your ankles were getting pretty sore um, from, from doing this, um, you know, you obviously, um, your professional life requires a lot of you. You're always busy and traveling and, and doing projects and working on projects, um, which, you know, at, at times and, you know, more often than not, like you said, you have to go onto the treadmill, which is completely fine. Right. Um, and obviously ideally for a race like this, you know, we would have wanted to do more trail running, but your life just wasn't conducive to that. So, um, some of the things that I suggest for people that are in your, your, your scenario is a lot of ankle strengthening exercises. Yeah. Um, one simple one that I've always kind of said, and we've talked about on some of the, the zoom calls is um, when you're brushing your teeth, just standing on one foot mm -hmm. and, and brushing for 30 seconds on one foot and then switching feet uh, and doing that, um, you know, twice on each foot. So you, you're supposed to brush for two minutes <laughs> and, uh, and just doing 30 second intervals, just standing on that ankle. Um, and that helps that ankle stability. Um, you know, some people had talked about the, um, the, uh, stability boards where it's like a wobble board. Uh, and, and that's obviously another step up from that. I always say, just start on flat ground and just get used to kind of standing on that one foot. Um, you know, walking around, uh, in your apartment or house barefoot is another thing. Um, I think a lot of times we wear our shoes too much, um, inside the house. Um, and we don't let the feet just kind of exercise and, you know, uh, allowing them to kind of create stability in their own way. Um, so spending more time barefoot is also a good idea. Not necessarily that we have to train barefoot, but you know, that strengthening of the foot and ankle that's super important for, for trail running. Um, you know, there's a ton of stuff out there. Um, we had talked about, um, Jay to Sherry, who I, you know, I always mention, and his mobile board. Um, that's a really good device. Um, Jay has a, um, 
you know, a lot of videos on the website. And so you don't necessarily need the mobile board. You can do those exercises without the mobile board. It's just, again, another level to, to kind of bring in to, to create that ankle and uh, foot strengthening and stability. Um, you know, you uh, do a tremendous job with with the ancillary strengthening that I, you know, I ask you to do. It, you're always making sure to get that stuff in, which I super appreciate. Um, do you feel that that's been beneficial to you? It does. It does. Um, um, on the first year when I went before, when we trained for my half marathon, uh, I had done a lot of running before I got in touch with you and, um, I had some trouble with my knees. And when I got it checked, um, I was told that it's just tendonitis because I'm not, I wasn't doing any strength exercise per se. I was just running and, uh, uh, that kind of slowed me down a bunch uh, before I started getting into all these other strength exercises that you started recommending once you and I got together. Um, and uh, I have not seen any such incident after uh, you and I started working on it together. So it definitely has helped me a lot. And uh, um, I also keep a good track on, uh, you know, if I started seeing any flare-ups, that, that's a good sign that uh, I, start, I need to do much more. I need to do some more strength exercises. So I, I think it's going pretty good between between the workouts that you, you're suggesting and what, with what I'm getting in. And we uh, we tried a few different things for, for strength, but I think another thing that we incorporated to lower the uh, incidence or probability of injury is we started cycling a bit um, at your recommendation. Uh, you wanted to start incorporating that. Um, do you mind touching on that, how you brought that into training and how we used it? Well, yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Um, I think that was really helpful to me personally because I had just got out of my tendonitis injury situation and uh, I did not want to put a lot of impact on my knees. And that's when I decided I probably need to kind of switch or either do a half and half of run and uh, run and ride and uh, decided I'm going to do half and half and kind of uh, have uh, two workouts of uh, cycling and two of running every every week. And uh, um, that was really helpful because, you know, in my cycling, um, you recommended you go by the intensities, uh, zone one, zone two heart rates. And I was making sure I had the intensity in and uh, that obviously no impact on my, less impact on my knees compared to running. So we did that for what two three months, and uh, that's after that. Okay, I was like, you and I decided we're going on the Millstone 50k and go for go full steam on on the running. And uh, uh, before all that, I was getting in about 20 miles a week. And uh, after my run ride session of about three month three or four months, started seeing an uptick on my mileage every week, uh, which was about 30. 35-ish. Now I'm looking at 42, 45 miles a week. Uh, it's definitely helped me a lot. Uh, that's uh, and also we also did a 10-week uh, base training. Uh, so all in all, that kind of helped me a lot um, to to keep the flow going in and uh, also see some progression as we go through it. Yeah, yeah, we had a great. Uh, base period, if you will, we had a really good aerobic base period building of, of 10 weeks, which was tremendous. Um, and in part of that, we did, um, we used Horowitz, um, Jeff Horowitz, his strength training program. Do you remember that with the, um, he has two sessions a week. Um, 
it's um, I'll put that in the show notes for everybody. It's a tremendous book because it's an eight week program, um, two sessions a week. Uh, what did it take a month? Like 20, 30 minutes at max to do a session? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And they were very minimal equipment. You really didn't have to have too much um, other equipment, right? It's pretty simple things you could do at home if you had a few items, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you think of that program? It was really helpful. All in all, uh, you know, no injuries or uh, not, no, no flare-ups anywhere. And uh, I'm still able to uh, see some progression every week as far as mileage or strength or feeling stronger. Like even after a three-hour run, I still feel strong and probably go for another half hour or 30 minutes, one, an hour more. So, so as I started feeling better after my workouts, that, that was a sign for me that, you know, what I was doing was really helpful. So um, definitely going to be continuing on, on that and uh, uh, hopefully get more stronger. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been it's been tremendous watching the, the progress you've made, um, you know, not only in running, but just in strength and health. Uh, you know, when we first started, you know, you definitely had some, some pain, some growing pains, literally, <laughs> um, between the knees and shins and such. Um, we've definitely seen the incidence of that. So, you know, decline, uh, as you've become stronger and, uh, you, you've gained your endurance. Um, so we're building the muscles necessary to sustain these efforts, which is, you know, it's tremendous to see. Yeah. I definitely need to talk a little bit about that, Aaron. Um, uh, to me, uh, you know, uh, fitness was something that I had not, you know, was never in my mind before I started running uh, maybe two or three years ago. And uh, I had I had a lot of issues uh, health wise. And um, yeah, I don't know. You probably haven't seen me back then. I was 200 pounds and uh, 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 forget about a marathon. I could probably not even run for 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Uh, so this this is a this has been a really <laughs> uh, change of change of a lot of things in my life I could say and and it's kind of flowed through my other day to day activities as well the discipline that we follow here uh, has flown to a lot of different activities in my life so uh, it, it's it's been a journey that's for sure yes yes has been has been. Um, and now, um, you are also a, um, a plant-based um, athlete. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. So, was that also something that you changed, or were you always plant-based? Say that again. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. So, um, previous to to running, were you always a plant-based uh, lifestyle, or was that something that you transitioned to um, to change the you know habits in your life? I, I, w- I was having dairy before and, um, uh, you know, as I started running, I kind of started switching to uh, non-dairy products and uh, uh, kind of getting completely plant-based. And before all that, um, it's, it's just, I was just eating a lot of junk food and uh, uh, kind of not keeping a trap of good, good, ca- good, good diet or calories or anything because I had no idea about what, what, what those even were. Uh, so, so like I said, it's been a really good change of events in my life. And uh, now I know what my body needs and uh, how much it needs. And uh, if I consume more, I need to, I know what I need to do to make sure I balance things 
So it's it's been a really good personal journey knowing uh, our bodies and uh, not a lot of people know that unless they go through the effort that they put in and uh, the suggestions that they take from coaches like you. <laughs> uh, so, so it's definitely been a lot of help and uh, I definitely feel much more stronger, much more better than what I was three or three or four years ago. And uh, th- th- in fact, those are the motivations that, that want that, that wants me to keep going and maybe try another 50K three or four months down the lane and uh, even try another ultra 50, 50 mile or somewhere down the lane. Keep it going. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Your, your transformation has been incredible. Um, so congratulations on, on the, the finish there. So, you know, obviously you finished, what was your time? Seven hours and 46 minutes. Um, uh, all in all, um, you know, I'm satisfied with that. I was able to finish my first ultra, but, uh, I see a lot of scope for improvement over there and which I'm pretty confident that, uh, you know, say, uh, take another go at it three or four months down the lane. I could probably finish a lot more better and a lot more stronger. <laughs> That's great. Um, so after you finished, um, we would be remiss not to talk about what did you do to start your recovery process? What did you do right after the race? Oh, the first five minutes after I finished was just unbelievable. I was just, I didn't even think of anything. I was like, whoa, I just did a 50K and uh, I was uh, in shock and so happy that I finished it. And um, uh, I had a couple of buddies who drove in to see my finish and they they were the ones who shot my finish video. And I was surprising to see them and happy to see them. And they got got a lot of, uh, I think I had a milkshake, uh, almond milkshake um, uh, with me and some uh, almond yogurt in my cooler. Uh, so as soon as I finished five or 10 minutes down the lane, I stopped, stopped and kind of had some, uh, some of that milkshake and, uh, so that yogurt, um, vegan yogurt. Uh, and, um, after that, uh, maybe 30 or 45 minutes, got some food in and, uh, came back home, took a shower and went to bed. <laughs> and, uh, did you get out on Sunday, um, get a little walking in or anything like that? I did. I did. I wanted to get some uh, movement in. Uh, so um, uh, you kind of went down and uh, tried to walk. Uh, my legs were still sore. And uh, the worst part was getting down the stairs. <laughs> uh, so, but, but I did uh, start moving, but my legs feel a lot better today. So I'm going to go take a 45 minute walk today as well. Uh, hopefully we have, week down the lane i'll be back and running yes yeah it's, uh, you might even be back sooner than that but yeah it's good to take a week off um you know we've had a really good training cycle um you know and and with uh the maybe the intention of running another 50k you know three or four months down the road it's good to take that little break and let the the body heal i think that's something you know especially as ultra runners we're not as apt or as uh um uh eager to do is take time off. Uh, but our body does need it, you know, down to that cellular level. Cause we do put, even though the, the exertion may not be as hard as if we did a marathon, because typically a marathon, we go faster, harder. Um, you know, so I know we're going at a slower pace. We stay more aerobic, but at the same time, you know, the, the body does need that healing process. So, 
um, a week off, 10 days off is, is never a bad thing. You know, the body will recoup and actually come back stronger. So, um, that's tremendous. Um, and so, um, you mentioned earlier that I, I just want to touch on, on the differences here. You mentioned earlier from, from India. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, during, uh, one of the periods, I think it was last year, you actually went back to India for work, right? Yeah. yeah. And it was extremely hot. Um, and you also mentioned the air quality, which a lot of us know that, you know, it's, it's pretty poor at, and especially in the cities. Yeah. Um, was that the first time that you had been back home and ran? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I had to run through some really busy streets and almost, uh, uh, very crowded, uh, uh main roads, uh, with a lot of smoke, smokes, smoke coming out of vehicles and that kind of stuff. So when I did a 10 mile loop, a 10 mile run, uh, um, I almost fell sick the next day. And I figured it was, uh, it was all, it was all the uh, air and, uh, the smoke and everything that I had inhaled while running. And, uh, I was like, it was tough compared to what we do over here. Uh, so uh, I found a track and uh, started doing loops of that track. Uh, if I remember right, um, I was doing about 45 or 50 loops to get that 10 mile or 12 mile uh, uh, runs. And so I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm going to hurt myself, um, hurt my lungs. I'm just going to use this track and get, get my loops in. Uh, and uh, Ultra running and marathon running. I'm not sure how how much uh, uh, how much of that has started back there, and uh, but uh, conditions are pretty more much more challenging than what we have here. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you um, do you follow running over there in India at all? Do you like do you see um, many results or? Well, I do, but not to the extent of what we do over here it's more of a lot of 5k's 10k's 25k's uh but um uh, nothing of the source that we see here in the mountains or the ultras which we see everywhere and everywhere over here uh, i may not be aware but uh, i've been pretty um you know I've been I've been looking out for the, you know ultra running and everything uh, as I started to do it, but I still haven't been able to find anything over there. Yeah, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And that would be something that you think you'd you'd want to try out. You know, is do a do a race over there. Well, if I do find one when I'm there, I'm definitely going to take it. That's for sure. Uh, uh, I'm not going to miss out on the opportunity to be able to run anywhere. That's one thing I've started to learn looking at you guys. If you have an opportunity to run, take it. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. We, I mean, we, we are, you know, very fortunate here, uh, to have the opportunities we do. So you're exactly right. Um, is there, a a cultural difference? Uh, you know, do your parents, um, understand what you're doing? Um, or, how do they feel about it? <laughs> uh, it all comes as a shocker, to be honest with you, to them, because yeah, nobody wants to run 50 kilometers or 100 kilometers. Uh, I'm like, first question is why? <laughs> uh, I mean, we don't have a better answer to it. I'm like, because we can. That's 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 what I tell them now. You know, because we can. I, I know we can do more. Uh, so it, it is a big cultural difference, uh, over there, uh, the comfort zone is pretty well set in. So, uh, 
uh, I don't see a lot of people taking the hard road of yoga. I don't know. They might just be busy. I don't know. But uh, it's a huge cultural difference of how people do manage work and also get their personal uh, training and uh, personal goals in, um, which has helped me a lot in balancing my work life and also that gives a personal satisfaction. Like, okay, uh, my work is done nine to five and now I come back home and uh, work on my personal goals and get my uh, runs in and uh, be a train myself, my personal goal of a marathon or an ultra marathon. So uh, it's a huge cultural difference. That's for sure. So um, with the, the problems with, uh, you know, pollution, air quality um, is fitness. um, I guess you could say, is it as accessible, you know, like do, are there a lot of people that, that, you know, go out and exercise, not necessarily running, but like, you know, are there gyms that people can go to, um, are, you know, are they well used or do you see a more sedentary life based on the environment that, that surrounds the, you know, the cities and, and, and towns? It's, it's more of a gym culture over there. If you ask me per se, you know, it's on more of all these, uh, CrossFits and, uh, gym you know big gyms and people focus more on their strength workouts or uh, have a little cardio in and out somewhere but nothing on the extent of what i have seen us and many people like you and I, you and everybody else in our group um, do it so uh, there might be uh, some some people i don't know but from what I've seen, it's more of a gym culture over there and with a lot of gyms and people just getting, getting gyms after workouts and kind of after work uh, in the morning to evening and kind of getting some workout in. That's pretty much it. It's, it's like it's pretty almost like how people in uh, New York or Chicago are kind of uh, that busy uh, yeah. work culture. <laughs> Even in... Um you know, the metropolitan cities here in the U S mm-hmm. we do have green space, um, in the way of, of greenways and, and large metropolitan park. Um, do you find that in India as well? Do they have uh, greenways or, I mean, like, you know, there, are, you- there are, but really nothing, uh, not as much as they actually need. If you ask me from what I've seen and from what I think I need, if I want to go out and run, <laughs> Uh, yeah, there needs to be a lot of lot of uh, uh, improvements, but I'm sure they're happening somewhere. But I'm 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 grateful and happy that I have the opportunity and the greenways and everything over here. So okay. I'm gonna make the best of what I have over here, and definitely want to go back to that greenway of one from last Saturday and get that membership and start training over there. That's for sure. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love the fact that you're already thinking ahead. Um, potentially another 50 K even, you know, bumping it up to a a 50 miler. Um, that's tremendous. Um, any other things that you're thinking of or, um, um, you know, want to, want to accomplish, um, on in route to, to those 50 Ks or 50 miles. Well, going through, uh, last Saturday's run, um, something that kind of, you know, ran through my mind was, uh, I've been improving on my endurance for a while and it uh, felt like it's time to get serious with it and uh, uh, start hitting on uh, more, uh, um, you know, challenging goals uh, pace-wise or uh, say, 
maybe far-fetched even get a podium spot sometime long in the future. <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> nice. that kind of ran through my mind while I was running and uh, uh, definitely going to be working on that. Not, you know, that's more probably more like a long-term goal, maybe two or three years down the lane. But um, I'm going to continue focusing on improving my endurance and uh, uh, start seeing hope. Hope to start seeing a lot of progress on every 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 one of their minor goal milestones or whatever you can say. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so just to recap, um, big takeaways. Uh, you want to. Hit us with your your big takeaways, uh, things that you could give advice to to others about doing. You know, their first. Uh, well, like I said, I'm a really rookie runner, you might say. Uh, just just getting introduced to the running world. Uh, uh, for anybody who just started running out there, and uh, there's there's a lot lot to see, lot to do, uh, and lot to be surprised. And um, so. Take it easy. Take it step by step. And see if you can get some guidance, uh, because getting guidance has been the biggest uh, plus point in my life in the last three or two or three years. And uh, um, from the race race point of view, from my race point of view, biggest takeaways is if you're racing somewhere, uh, one understand the trail conditions, and two uh, have appropriate gear and uh, Three, work on your nutrition. You always need more food than what you plan, more water than what you planned. And uh, um, sometimes, me, my, myself, me personally, I'm more of not a not a big risk taker. Uh, so I try to keep it safe. And uh, uh, so I'm hopefully, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping that'll change in the future. Take some risks and kind of. Uh, get some new milestones in in a safe way obviously uh, I know you'll back me up there uh, but uh, it's it's really exciting uh, so as far as big takeaways goes like I said just keep uh, make sure you you know what your body needs and uh, uh, m- mentally uh, getting through that finish line is all that matters and you already put the work in. You are the the hard part is already done. It's just making sure you understand that all you need to do is just go with the flow. <laughs> and did you have fun? Yes. Oh, oh, I was smiling when I went uh, went through that finish line, and everybody was so happy to see a, such a cheerful guy walk in after run in after seven hours and forty six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the, uh, the biggest part of this is making sure that you have fun too. Yeah. Cause you know, that's, if you're not having fun, then you're missing out. Yeah. Well, you know, Suman, thank you so much. Um, congratulations once again on your, on your first finish, hopefully of, of many more to come. Um, I thank you for your time and, and for sharing all of this with us. Thank you. Absolutely. It would not have been possible without you and everybody in the group. So I greatly appreciate the effort and uh, the community uh, in our group. Uh, thank you. Absolutely. No, thank you. Once again, congrats to Sumanth on his uh, his finish. Um, and, uh, and thank you, Sumanth, for, for coming on and, uh, and sharing everything with us. Um, 
couldn't be prouder of, of that finish for you. It was really cool. And, uh, you know, to see his medal and, and just the smile on his face, you know, being, um, proud of the achievement, which he should be, uh, super cool. So thank you, sir. Um, everything around here, all quiet on the, the Western North Carolina front. Um, you know, not much, uh, not much to, to go and talk about, but, um, uh, newsletter did come out, um, uh, for, for February. So, um, if you're not subscribed to the newsletter and would like to, uh, you can find, um, the link on mrrunningpains.com to subscribe. The newsletters are also archived um, on the website under the connect page, as well as the podcast episodes, all previous podcast episodes and newsletters have links under the connect page. If you'd like to, uh, to go back and, and hear um, an episode or uh, look back at newsletters, newsletters have a lot of information in them. I, you know, I write personal articles, um, you know, I share uh, videos that I think were, are informative and helpful, um, as well as uh, just, you know, some training tips, uh, recipes, um, you know, songs for your playlist, all sorts of stuff is in the newsletter. So I try to make those as helpful as possible. Um, so it's, you know, it's a good resource. Um, so, you know, if you find it helpful, you know, again, share just like you do with podcast. Uh, if you find a, an episode helpful, please share it. Um, you know, and, uh, as always, if you subscribe, like review, all of those things help the podcast grow. Um, you know, I, I really hope people get a lot out of this. You know, the guests, uh, are, they're wonderful for sharing their stories. I thanks to all my previous guests. I want to also thank all my Patreon supporters, uh, you know, going on that has helped me continue this podcast. Um, it does incur expenses. Uh, there are things that I have to, uh, um, to do to keep this podcast going, um, you know, the recording platforms and equipment and all of that, you know, it, it does cost some money. So I really do appreciate those that, that can support and do support on Patreon. Thank you all. Uh, if you can and uh, would like to uh, for, you know, even a dollar a month is all, like I said, everything is helpful. Uh, just go onto my website. There is another link on there for supporting on Patreon. And I, you know, again, can't thank you guys enough. Um, and, um, what else? Um, yeah, so, um, calf is doing well. Uh, I think the last time, uh, when I had my conversation with Eric, I had injured my calf. So, um, you know, I, I've done this before. Um, <laughs> I know what the, the root of this problem is. And, uh, I went to my physical therapist, um, Miriam Saloom at the runner's mechanic who's been on this podcast, you know, a number of times. She did some dry needling. I had some trigger points in my calf that were really, really annoyed. <laughs> uh, and then um, we have a TENS unit, T-E-N-S, TENS. Uh, it's, it does some electrical simulation, <laughs> stimulation to the, to the muscle. There's four different pads, and um, it goes through different, um, you know, kind of uh, pulse, pulses, if you will. Um, I bought mine at CVS. I think it's, you know, about $60. Um, but you, you hook it up for 30 minutes and just let it run its course. Uh, and it just helps the muscle, you know, relax where any of those adhesions or knots in your muscle are, uh, you know, it, and that's really smooth back my muscle. Um, it's kind of, um, I'm, you know, I'm obviously, if you're, <laughs> if you see me on Strava, um, I'm back at it training again. Um, so I'm really thankful for, for Miriam and, and her work as well as, uh, this TENS unit, um, is actually my wife who's a 
for those of you who don't know, my wife is a, a family physician. She was the one that she, she said, why don't we try the TENS unit? It worked last time. And, and sure enough, she was right, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, I've been using that nightly, um, and, uh, actually use a little bit of CBD, um, just kind of a, you know, a solve, just a rub in, uh, it's got some Arnica in it and uh, it seems to really kind of help, um, you know, and <laughs> obviously we don't know much about CBD or its effectiveness, but, um, it's, it's definitely come a long way in a short amount of time. So, um, you know, moving again and grateful for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've, you know, I just kind of pushing through, you know, going to go on with training. Um, I've got, uh, um, I've got, uh, Umstead 100. So I'm going to run the Umstead 100, uh, God willing, you know, if nothing changes, um, Umstead is hosting its, its race, which is March 27th. Um, so I am going to run Umstead, uh, which very excited about, um, Umstead was, uh, the first ultra that I, I really ever knew about, you know, after running in Raleigh at, at NC state, you know, we ran Umstead, did a lot of training runs there and we'd always see this event going on. And, you know, I, I kind of was one day, you know, I kind of, uh, stop, you know, stopped by an aid station and, and asked what people were doing and, and found out about the Umstead 100. Uh, so after I finished college, I, uh, I went to volunteer and, uh, ended up being a volunteer pacer. Um, a pretty cool little story there. Um, one of the gentlemen, I, I did really have to look back at the results. Um, he was in the top three and, uh, his, uh, optical nerve, I believe <laughs> ruptured, uh, you know, however that happened. Um, so he lost vision, uh, out of the one eye obviously. And, uh, I was, uh, his kind of guide, if you will, I paced him because, you know, he couldn't see out of that, that one eye. So I was, I was helping him stay on the trail. He was having a harder time with depth perception and, and seeing, you know, where the edge of the trail was. So, um, I, I kind of paced him his lap, like last lap and a half, I think, uh, at the time the course was uh, 10 miles, I believe. So, but like I said, he still finished top three. It was his last like lap and a half that he had to finish. And, uh, you know, I got it in there and then, uh, even more, um, touching, um, I, I actually just told this story on my run today. Um, there was a, a woman that was, um, uh, wanting to break 24 hours. And, uh, I had, you know, had already paced, I believe two and a half laps. Uh, so here I am 25 miles in, this is back in 2002. Um, hadn't, I'd only done, uh, one marathon at that point. Uh, so here I am with almost a marathon under my belt and pacing. And, uh, you know, I, I was, <laughs> I was in my sweatsuit. It was, it was cold, uh, that evening. So I was just in this like, you know, <laughs> hoodie sweatsuit with sweatpants and just kind of huddled up in my, my sleeping bag, uh, at the race headquarters and, uh, just, you know, trying to get some sleep. And, uh, one of the volunteers woke me up and was very apologetic and asked me if I could pace one more person that, uh, you know, all the pacers were out and she was trying to break 24 hours. Um, and I, I was so, so weary at the moment because I, you know, I, I just woken up um, and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm so tired. And they're like, well, what do you need? I was like, well, I need some food. And I remember them loading me up with like two hot dogs and like three chicken wings uh, to go out of the aid station. And here I am. I didn't even change. I'm in my sweatsuit still. And 
this woman is, uh, they, they had sent her on because she was so worried that she wasn't going to break 24 hours. She's on her last lap. And, um, you know, I said, okay, I'll, I'll catch up. So I, I caught up to her and, uh, you know, I tried to settle her nerves cause she was just really beside herself, worried about, about, you know, breaking 24 hours. It was, a you know, obviously a huge goal for herself. And, uh, I took that, you know, quite seriously. I wanted her to do it. So, um, I told her I'd do everything in my power to, to make it happen. Um, that we just had to keep moving and, and move as fast as, as she could at that point in the race here, she is over 90 miles into a hundred mile event. And, uh, you know, she's got this, this time goal. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, still dark. Sun hasn't risen yet. And we're moving through the course and eventually the sun starts rising and we get to the, uh, aid station, which was about halfway through the lap. And, you know, she, she's, uh, we, you know, worried about the time, obviously, still, and we didn't have GPS watches at the time. You know, this is right. This is before uh, you know GPS was accessible, so we had no idea what pace she was at, uh, how fast she was going. Um, you know, it was basically we're just looking against the clock and how much time is left, and um, so we started making our way back as fast as she could, uh, which you know was um, it was impressive for her given again where she was distance wise and uh you know, we're, we're getting there and she's getting a little bit more anxious and i'm trying to keep her calm but you know i understand her anxiety you know it's it's it was a time crunch and uh we're getting closer and closer to the finish line and, and i i remember saying to her listen i you know and i had no experience keep in mind with ultras this is the first time i'd ever been around an ultra 2002 and I said, I don't know if people can kick, sprint, go fast <laughs> at the end of a hundred miler, but if you got it in you, it's time to go. Cause we were, we were pressing that 24 hour deadline for herself. And so she started picking it up and I had a, I had a, you know, really run to, to keep back up with her. And she crossed that line, uh, 23 hours, 58 minutes and 49 seconds, you know, a minute, 11 away. Uh, you know, from 24 hours and she did it and she was so, you know, overjoyed, um, her emotions just let go. It was just, it was amazing to be a part of that. I got a, got a huge hug from her, her family, her, you know, her crew, uh, it was just, it was very touching. Um, and that, that's, that's my first ultra experience, um, being around that. And so Umstead has a really special place in my heart. So, um, I, I take it as a, um, a high honor and, uh, a, you know, a high respect for the event and for the people that put it on and the volunteers that are there. I'm um, really looking forward to this experience. Um, it's going to be kind of a, almost like a homecoming. Um, so I'm really, I'm going to go into this with a joyful heart, um, looking forward to the opportunity, um, and just, you know, you know, do everything I can to, to make it, um, you know, a good race. So, uh, training is, is back in full swing. Um, you know, I, I knew that my calf lit up because I had been neglecting my hip strength, uh, which is more the first thing that, you know, we typically forget to do is our strength training. Um, so I'm back on the strength training, uh, train <laughs> again, if you follow me on Strava, you're seeing the things that I'm doing each day, um, you know, plank and pushups and, um, hip circuits and, um, you know, all sorts of leg strengthening exercises. I'm really trying to be cognizant about what I'm doing. I'm not trying to overdo it obviously, but, um, it, you know, it's back in the rotation and, uh, I'm making sure that I'm staying on top of it. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely, uh, something that's needed. Uh, my son can start running, 
uh, today, uh, which is amazing. Uh, it's been you know quite a few months since he's been able to run because of his uh, his severs in his heel, because uh, he's just growing so fast. Thirteen years old, I'll be fourteen, and uh, you know so uh, here we are, February 9th, and uh, I'm gonna go out for a little walk run with him. Uh, just to to get him back, um, you know. Again, Miriam, my physical therapist, saw him yesterday and uh, plotted out a course of action to kind of get him back to training by uh, by March, because uh, hopefully track's going to start up for him in April. Uh, so I want to you know make sure he's uh, ready to train and and healthy. Uh, so everything's pointing in the right direction. He's got no pain. You know, he did a bunch of different exercises for Miriam yesterday and, and no pain. So uh, we're going to start slow and and you know work on his strength training as well. So, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, I'm excited. I'm excited to have him back. I'm excited to go out and run with him. Um, you know, I, I, I think he's eager to run again. I, I could hear the excitement in his voice yesterday. And we went to go pick him out a pair of running shoes at uh, our local uh, Footer X running store. And, um, you know, he, he's just, I think he's excited again, which is great. Uh, you know, that's, that's what I want. I want him to be excited uh, for him to enjoy running you know, and I told him he doesn't have to do track this year if he doesn't want to, but he wants to, which obviously fills my heart. Um, I'm, I'm excited for him. Um, this weekend, uh, I'm doing a, a daddy-daughter dash with my daughter. <laughs> um, it's a one-mile run at a local park, so I'm, I'm really excited to, to do that with her. I think that's going to be a lot of fun, um, and, you know, she was all excited about it, so... Uh, and it's it's cool to have the kids involved um and and you know and uh, eager to to do these type of things um you know my daughter's in gymnastics right now and um you know she hasn't really uh, per se run but i mean you know she's uh she's definitely uh her parents kid she can get out there and, and do a mile uh just you know just for fun you know i want her to have a good time and um <laughs> she understands pacing so uh we're we're not going to be sprinting out the gate so Pretty cool. Uh, I'm excited to have my kids re-engaged in, in the sport um, for however long that lasts. Um, but, um, you know, it, and she actually, my daughter actually said, when can we go for another hike? Uh, which just filled, again, my heart with joy. Um, I told her I would take her for a hike. Uh, unfortunately, my wife's foot's um, hurt right now. So uh, hopefully we'll find out what's going on. For, you know, so we can all get out there for a hike. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited to to take my daughter out for for a hike, and and hopefully, my son. Um, super cool that uh, they're, they they want to be engaged in this type of activities. So um, blessed in that regard for sure. Um, you know, anything else going on? Um, I don't think so. I think that's you know primarily it. Um, you know. Uh, you know, if, if you got any questions, um, on the podcast, anything, um, I've had somebody reach out, uh, should be a pretty special guest. I'll, I'll talk about that more coming up here. Um, he's going after a hundred FKTs, uh, which is a amazing feat. And, uh, but we're going to talk about some, some other things, not just his FKTs, but, um, some things we can learn from him, which I'm excited to engage in that conversation. So, um, stay tuned, you know, for more information on that. And, uh, as always, you know, thank you for everything. Thank you for, for listening, for uh, being a part of this podcast, um, being a part of this community. You know, um, you know, jump on uh, Facebook, follow MR Running Pains Coaching, and, uh, you know, be a part of the community. Ask questions. Um, be suggestive if you have things you want to hear about. Uh, even if you want to be a guest, reach out. Uh, my, my email, runningpains at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, I really, I really enjoy hearing from people and their, uh, 
you know, their suggestions. I, uh, I had another suggestion, um, about a, uh, uh, an ultra runner, a female ultra runner that was, uh, you know, an amazing woman in our sport. And, uh, I, I reached out, I tried to, in, in a few different ways, but hadn't heard back. Um, so, um, you know, I, I do appreciate you guys, um, you know, thinking of ideas and guests and people that you'd like to hear from. I do try to get those people on. Not everybody wants to be on a podcast, which, you know, it's, that's <laughs> obviously totally their, their decision and, and, uh, obviously fine. So, uh, but you know, if you're interested to have a good story, you want to talk about something that you feel that people can learn from, uh, this is a great place to do it. So please, uh, do reach out, leave a comment, um, leave a review for me if you would. But, uh, again, I appreciate your time and, uh, until next week, keep running my friends.